Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So today we have a Golden Globe spectacular special issue, special issue, special edition. Special issue, Golden Globes bonanza. Josh was in New York watching and his absence was very much felt in Los Angeles where I was. I was backstage in the press room and I have to say, I walked into the HBO after party um, first, as soon as the show was over, and it was as though the Big Little Lies cast could just feel that Josh wasn't there because they almost immediately left. I read a quote actually from Nicole Kidman, and she was, um, I think she said something like, I was going to stay longer at the party, but Josh Duboff wasn't in my eye line. And I felt like, what was the point of even sticking around? So I took Keith home and that was that. And I, I totally understood. <laughs> that was the vibe I got. Yeah. I love hearing about what the press room vibe is, having never been in the setup of the kind of press room at a big award show before. What was it like this time? I, like, I know in the past, there's usually eccentric types who are in the press room. What was it oh like this year? Oh, my gosh. It's, I don't know where these reporters come from. I feel like they pull them out from the, like, local. I don't even know where sort of the, they come from. Right, because there are a few from, like, USA Today and LA Times Hollywood Reporter that I've seen out and about. But then there are these creatures who surface. There were a few wearing cowboy hats. Oh, wow. That, they look like character actors from, like, 90s movies. A few with bolo ties on. Most people adhered to the black uh, kind of implied dress code, I guess. But then there was this young guy reporter who wasn't even wearing black tie. He was wearing like a cable knit sweater and sneakers, a cable knit white sweater. Josh, did you see that? I think I Instagram. Yeah, I, I feel like he hopped on over from the coffee, kind of like coffee bean where he was working on a script. I mean, he was not in any way dressed up. Right. And then the Golden Globes is known for this over-the-top excess. All the movie stars sit through the award show at a table with, you know, flowing moe champagne and some sort of gourmet dinner. But the press are backstage, and I guess it's nice that the Golden Globes tries to give them some refreshments, but we just had this comically oversized bin of Lay's potato chips bags. Bleak. Jeez. I know. Coke and Diet Coke. They did have beer. They did have beer oh. for some press who went, went after it. That's but... appropriate for the Globes, I feel, which are known to be the show where the actors and actresses can drink to their heart's content. Right. It's just a very weird scene. And then I tried to get into the press room and it's such a chaotic scene because there's the red carpet. There's a ton of security. I saw somewhere online that someone was saying that there was just more security in general this year. Did you notice that? More security in general, less people who could actually direct you to where you needed to be going. So I ended up walking like three miles and all of these people are in their black tie vest with their little, you know, designer clutches. And I have this huge mom bag because I'm like dragging my laptop around. I'm like sweaty from trying to figure out where to go. I'm saying the press room, people keep directing me to the restroom who keep mishearing oh me. And I slammed into Francis McDormand. Oh at my the God. Very, I know. Well, that's, I, an, that's actually an ideal scenario. I know. That's how the night started off. So I kind of knew. I think it, that was the good luck she needed. 
Yeah, you were actually the next person she was going to thank in her acceptance speech. The writer I ran into at the beginning of the night really set me on the chorus. Right, I, I needed that good energy, but that is the prelude, the preamble to my golden... That was my red carpet walk. So I know we have a whole bunch of Globes-related topics, little tidbits to get into. I guess we'll start with the red carpet. Yes, because I, I heard this rumor that Mariah walked the red carpet with Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. Well, it was an interesting year for the e-red carpet because, as I'm sure you got a sense of, even though you weren't able to watch it all because you were backstage, like they definitely... Juliana Rancic and Ryan Seacrest were charged with this weird sort of task of asking the actresses and actors who are walking the red carpet about Time's Up and about why they're wearing black and everything that's been going on in Hollywood the past few months and Harvey Weinstein, or not, you know, they didn't directly bring up Harvey Weinstein by name, but like what's been going on. And then also trying to like weirdly keep it fun. Like it, right. it was like this very, it was a very weird mix. And I feel like when Juliana was interviewing, I think it was the Stranger Things kids. I think because she felt like she didn't have to talk about the really serious topics with them. She really leaned into the goofy stuff. Like she asked one of them to do like a Chewbacca impression. She started like going <laughs> on, like she, she just like went wild. And I felt as though she was kind of a little bit, I, all things considered, I thought, she definitely did an, an, a pretty good job handling the kind of oddness of this particular year. Right, because this is really ease bread and butter, these award shows. Did they have the, what's the manicure cam? No, manicam was banished to the, you know, I don't even, God knows where you can find one of those on the black market maybe now. And also they, they made a point of saying they weren't going to ask anyone like who they were wearing. So like no one got asked who the designers were, who the stylists were, anything like that. So did they bench like Kelly Osbourne for this one? <laughs> well, but th so that's what was kind of weird. So then they kept this kind of group of three commentators. I admittedly fast forwarded through a lot of the stuff these three talked about because it wasn't with celebrity interviews or anything, but they would zoom in and look at actresses. So they still were doing a little bit of that. And there were some weird cuts to things like, I think they were talking to maybe it was Michelle Williams and the person who kind of founded Me Too. And they cut to one of the e-correspondents who said something like, oh, got some hot goss. Angelina Jolie just showed up with her. And, you know, they they kind of cut to this sort of gossipy little tidbit, which on a normal e-red carpet show is very normal. But when it's contrasted with these activists walking the red carpet, seemed a little bit strange tonally. Right, but I love that everyone got the memo that to take an activist as a plus one, but then Mariah, when deciding, was like, oh, I'm going to take Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. They were kind of this bizarre... I don't know if I was listening carefully to their interview. Why were they walking together? Do we know? I heard from someone online that they lived nearby. I don't know. I oh, feel it was like literally like she just picked her up in the lift on the way over. <laughs> that group lift, right? right? I was like, like, like we're going to make a stop in the Uber. But if they're friends, how have we never heard about this before? I want to try to think about the normal things they do together. Yeah. Angelina didn't do any interviews. But that dress. Can we talk about the dress? I was obsessed with her look. I wanted it. I don't know. It was uh, giving me a little bit of ice princess. But, you know, she would like come out of a snow castle. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just like lord over the civilians. 
Like it was like the, the kind of way the sleeves were and the cuffs. It was so good. Very like grieving Dr. Zhivago vibe. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a much better way of putting it. I love this Twitter. I found this Twitter user who wrote, Angelina Jolie's Golden Globe look reminds me of a widow arriving at the funeral of her husband who passed after mysteriously falling down a flight of stairs. <laughs> So one of the like, top for me red carpet moments was about a show we love, which was Big Little Lies, oh. which did very well last night, picking up a ton of awards. But Ava Longoria walked the red carpet with Reese Witherspoon. And when Ryan Seacrest was interviewing them, Nicole kind of unexpectedly, it was sort of weird, joined the interview, but it sort of seemed like Reese was surprised to see her. And then they were all talking to Ryan and Ryan brought up Big Little Lies and then I guess he asked if there's anything they could spill about season two. And then Reese said, I told Ava one secret. And then Ava joked, I'm joining Big Little Lies as Nicole's lover. And then, oh I <laughs> know, then, then Reese responded, we should be so lucky. Desperate housewives meets. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what, what I'm curious is, do we have any theories, Julie, do you have any idea from watching them all backstage? What, the one secret could possibly be i'm so curious what the one secret reese told ava is i mean there's no way we could know this i guess i have no idea it was weird because i just feel like shailene as much as they try to put on this unified front shailene mm, seems love seems where you're like, going here love where you're going here seems like such an outlier and agreed they all took the media stage after the big win of the night and reese kind of like you know, the mother hen tried to group all the women together and someone asked a question about wearing black. And Reese said, I think it's really important that every woman up here on stage answers this question. And so like pulled Nicole up and pulled Zoe and Laura. But like Shailene is always just kind of off a little bit. Josh, where was she sitting? Was she even sitting at the I table? was about I, you, you read my mind. I was about to say, I actually don't think Shailene was sitting at their table. Because I thought it looked to me, I was trying to look every time they cut to it, that it was Reese, Laura Dern, Nicole was at their table. I don't think Zoe Kravitz, though, was at their table either. Because I sort of remember them when they would cut to Zoe, she was in a different area. So maybe Zoe and Shailene were sitting separately. But why wouldn't they all sit together? That is kind of odd. I know. I, I feel bad because I feel like Shailene was in some back corner, back like dimly lit corner of the room. Is Shailene definitely coming back for season two, though, right? I mean, we see, assume. I don't know this because was her character even mentioned on that sheet? That incredibly detailed sheet about the random new characters? Oh, yeah, you're right. No, she was. Um, remember, because it's the, I said Kristen Stewart should play the coworker that gets like unexpectedly close to Shailene's character. So I guess Shailene is coming back. But I agree with you. There's some, there's definitely, but you know, it's also maybe an age thing like Reese, Nicole and Laura all are like more similarly aged and kind of have a different friendship. Shailene's, you know, not quite BFFs with them in real life in the same way. Right. And Reese made a point of saying when she was backstage with press that she has a special relationship with each of her cast members. She was really, that was like her point, but it's so funny to watch her and Nicole because press will direct questions at both of them. And it's almost like that scene in Bridesmaids where Kristen Wiig wants to be the last person at the mic because they were asked a question about like female empowerment and equality. 
and Reese gave this wonderful, eloquent answer about everything she was doing. And then Nicole stepped up to the microphone with her Golden Globe, clutching her Golden Globe, right. and said that she is making the point to work with a female DP because in her over 60 films, she's only worked with one other female DP. And it kept going like that for an awkward amount of time. They kept trying to like one up what the other was doing. I mean, I'm all oh for the general I want, proactive. I want, like, a feed, a feed of that. Uh, I would do anything for that footage. Was anyone filming that? Um, I think that there was also like the height differential is interesting too. So what happens is Nicole just crouched down when she's answering. I think Nicole had slightly her shoes weren't as high as they were oh. at the Emmys, or Reese had like some sort of Lady Gaga platform on underneath. Does Shailene, Laura, or Zoe answer any questions, or is it really just Reese and Nicole? Between that Reese Nicole like standoff where they kept going up to the mic, Laura Dern kept trying to get up to the mic, but there was no shot. No way she's getting there. It was not going to happen. It was almost like the James Franco arm bar. It was not going to happen. At one point, Reese tried to get Zoe to answer a question, but Zoe said she was too nervous. We're jumping all around here, but did Tommy Wiseau come back with James? No, it was just James and Dave. Mm. We would have loved Tommy. I saw some muttering online about that Tommy wasn't allowed to speak at the mic. Well, did you see James kind of bar him yeah. from taking? And then later, the LA Times caught up with him and asked what his speech would have been. And he actually had a really great speech about how we all have to be kinder to one another. And that was the gist. Oh, that's so not what I would have expected him to want to say if he had been given the opportunity. But I couldn't tell. Did James like motion for him to come up? Yeah, James. Oh. it looked like James kind of encouraged him to come up. And then as soon as James hadn't started the speech, though, and then when Tommy got to the stage, it was clear he was about to like start talking. And James kind of made it clear that wasn't to happen. But I thought that when James was finished, then he would kind of usher on. I mean, I thought it was weird he brought up Dave, actually. Right. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of sweet, but, like, the acting winners don't usually... It's not like you bring up your pals. It was a very Angelina move, right? Oh, maybe. Didn't she do that with her brother? Was that the Golden Globes? Did she bring him up, the famous kiss? The famous kiss. That was when she brought him up. I think it was at the Oscars, though. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess it makes some sense because Dave was in the movie, but it's just, I don't know. A few other Big Little Eyes things, though. One is Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman relationship. That was is so something, bizarre. Something's weird. So as we all remember, when Julie and I were at the Emmys, one of the big sort of odd moments that got talked about way more than I ever would have expected. It's like I, it's like I did some sort of influencing voodoo on the news cycle because it got talked about a lot was that she kissed Alexander Skarsgård on the lips when she won the Emmy. And she got asked about it, I think on, I feel like she's had to answer a few times about it. So it kind of became like a news story and she kind of always downplayed it, obviously. Um, and she was like, I also kissed my husband. But this year, first of all, I knew when she won, she wasn't going near Alexander Skarsgård this time. So she like bypassed him on her way up or maybe she hugged him, but she definitely didn't kiss him. Then when Skarsgård won, I just felt like it was really weird. He kind of thanked Nicole but then did a weird he was like not to say that she's more important or a better actress than the others just because they shared more of her scenes with her it's like what you do when you're um like overly nervous and you start just like speaking really fast and doesn't totally make sense 
And I'm like, something is, I, I mean, I'm sure like I'm making a conspiracy theory here or there isn't anything. And I don't think anything's actually like going on between them, but it's just a really weird. It's almost like he knows there's some sort of tension between the cast members. And so he's like overly, he's like, I feel like God forbid I make it seem like Nicole deserves thanks more than the others. Yeah, maybe that's what it is actually more than anything. Like you cannot single out one of them. I don't know. But then and then also Skarsgård said in an interview at, um, during the NBC pre-show, they asked him about season two and he kind of does a not, the same thing he did when he famously talked to me and Julie at a pre-Emmys party about this. He said, I don't even know if I'm really dead or not. Right. So I think we can only assume he's coming back in some sort of flashback scenario. I'm still hoping for the soap opera twist twin brother. Oh, the twin brother. And Nicole has like a breakdown when she sees him at the grocery store. Because I want this weird Nicole Alexander Skarsgård subplot of award season to continue for another season. Afterwards at the HBO after party, it's so funny to see Nicole. She's so queen-like. She's like some sort of dignitary greeting all of her well-wishers, like posing for photos, even as she's being escorted out. Just the picture of Grace. And then Alexander Skarsgård, who's weirdly friends with Jack McBrayer. Wait, was he with them again last Yes, night? and they were just chowing down on dinner over beers. I It was nice because it was, you know, an actor actually eating. You don't see that display yeah. of normal human behavior from them, but it's always... Wait, let's... I want to hear more about... So were, was, were all of the Big Little Lies cast members at the after party? I was walking in as Reese and Zoe were leaving. They were walking out. They were like, we are not staying one more minute at this HBO party if Josh Duboff is not here. Wait, that's interesting to me that Reese was leaving early. I know, but CAA has a big party that's off oh. and more private. All the major parties happen at the Beverly Hilton, so it's a really claustrophobic vibe. Oh, interesting. But Jon Snow followed them shortly after. He was like a few people behind them. Nicole and Keith were center stage inside the party, but they left maybe five minutes later. Oh, we still haven't talked about Nicole saying, Keith, when your cheek is next to mine, everything else melts away or something like that. So poetic. <laughs> it was a really, and I mean, the, the speech started kind of crazy too. She used some, I, what I can only imagine is Aussie slang. The first cab off the rack. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, because we could only hear the speeches intermittently. They always t- turned off we the audio when a an actor came back to speak to press. And then the last kind of exciting Big Little Lies item was Laura Dern's speech. Which I which, also didn't hear. I just saw which her. I was I was dying because she, like, I guess she was kind of trying to explain what her, like, daughter on the show went through. So she was, like, talking about how, because I think Amabella was, uh, you know, obviously the, the Nicole Kidman's two twin boys, or one of them, not both, were abusing her or bullying her or whatever. But, like, the idea that Amabella was being used in any way in her award speech as, like, a reference point was great. But, oh, here it is. Nicole Kidman started her speech by thinking she's the first cab off the rank. That must be an Australian, because she was the first award of the night. Oh, got it. And she said, my girls are still up. Also, Nicole Kidman posted her first ever Instagram today. Right, Josh. What did you think? Something about her being on Instagram is, I have to admit, a little jarring. Because she's like an alien who just plays human really well. The the idea of her being on her phone is even just weird to me. Right. And the photo's kind of blurry. 
how many Getty photographers took amazing high-def photos of her last night. I guess it's kind of sweet that she used this photo that maybe Keith got with not the best lighting. I think it's kind of cute, actually. I agree that, like, there are so many options you could have when you're her. Then she'd pick this kind of sweet, blurry photo. And I love that the second one is all of them, and it says, my sisters. Right. Wait, Josh, we have to return to Angelina Jolie and her oh, yeah. table at the Globes. Okay, so I ba- barely could refocus after the kind of first cut to the audience on the telecast. They cut to Angelina next to Chris Hemsworth. And I was so thrown off by that and trying to imagine the small talk the two of them would be making. And if Angelina even knew who Chris Hemsworth is, that I was sort of unable to recover. But I don't. Re- I didn't connect who else was at the table. Did you see? I only saw because someone on Twitter caught an amazing reaction shot from the stage when Jennifer Aniston was up there with Carol Burnett presenting. They were quite the duo. Quite the duo, but they had a perspective from behind Jennifer Aniston looking down on the audience. Angelina Jolie was in the center of the audience with Chris Hemsworth, the cast and director from Call Me By Your Name, so Army Hammer, his wonderful wife elizabeth who i think you know timothy chalamet is that how you pronounce his name sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and dakota johnson who was in a previous film by this director and the photo captures dakota sneaking a glance at angelina jolie as jennifer aniston is presenting to see what her face is it's kind of amazing which is 100 percent what i would have done in that situation too right but pax also had a seat at the table it's kind of weird that she was placed there yeah it is weird do you think she requested I read something last week that said stars, especially the big stars, are able to request who they don't want to be sitting next to. Like, they have a say in it. And well, was... I, well, I was going to ask you, because I feel like you know from being at so many of these award shows. Like, but so, do you, so do you think it's that she didn't, not so much that she picked them, but that she didn't pick others that she could have sat with? Right. My little theory is that she had so many feuds going in Hollywood. So this was like the only safe <laughs> this spot This is the for only her. neutral table for her. Well, there were so many odd things like that. Like Zac Efron was sitting next to Tanya Harding. Which, what? Who else was at that table? I think it was like the I, Tanya table. But then somehow Zac got He had added a cameo. Oh, it must have been like A24's. No, but A24 didn't have I, Tanya. I don't know. He had a cameo in The Disaster Artist, right? I think maybe he was with Hugh Jackman for Greatest Showman, but they didn't know where else to like slot them. Wait, who else was at this table, though? I have I didn't, to know. I didn't get it good. I know Margot and Tanya were both at it, and I think Alice and Janney. What do you think the small talk was between... I mean, I can't even begin... I, the Angelina Chris Hemsworth small talk, the Tanya Zach small talk... Oprah next to Barbara Streisand. Timothy was right behind Tanya Tanya, Harding. So that means Tanya was at the table over from Angie. (laughs) Tanya and Angie were very close to each other, (laughs) Um, which is just weird. I feel like Zach tried to bring up like athleticism or something to her or like talk about like the spirit of sport or something. (laughs) I feel like that was his like trying his way of trying to get in there. I feel like Angelina doesn't make small talk. Right. Right. I've been at events sort of with people like that where you'll see them at their table and like no one's talking to them kind of because it's just sort of understood that 
Like, if she wants to talk to you, she'll talk to you, you know? I looked through Getty. I searched Angelina Jolie Golden Globes just because I was so curious to see, like, what she drank during the show. Did she actually eat? And what did you find out? All of the photos pictured her without any plates in front of her and empty glasses. So I don't know if there's some sort of, like... They can't take photos of audience members with food or I guess it makes sense that she doesn't need any like food or drink to survive. I want to know if she stood during the standing ovation for Carol Burnett and Jennifer Aniston. Oh, that's such a good call. Where were these camera operators? I guess they didn't want to piss off. I I was trying to figure out what the the amount of restraint that they had to have to not cut Angelina at all during any of the Jen presenting. Because, like, they they did not... I mean, I guess that's a conscious decision because they must have thought of it. Right. But movie stars are so valuable to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, I guess. But they're not they going to have... do anything to piss them right. off. They did... One of the moments I thought was... I mean, I think I'm the only person in America who noticed this, but during a James Franco speech, I think, he met, referenced the five... the four other actors in his category, which is a common, you know, trope. When you when you win, you think... you know, you kind of call out how talented the other people that you just defeated in your category are. But they cut to each of them right after he said their names. And instead of cutting to Ansel Elgort as the fourth person, as, after James said his name, they cut to Neil Patrick Harris. Oh. <laughs> Which, which is just I mean, it's a close. I get the resemblance. I know, but like, I, I guess, yeah, you could be more off than that. But I was like, how is this? It's kind of like bad. One of my favorite tweets from Josh last night was him saying that if he were producing the Golden Globes, he would just have a split screen, one of which would just show Angie's reaction the entire time. I mean, time. I just wanted to see her. She always has a stoic, oh God, when she presented with Isabel Huppert at the end. And I didn't get to hear that. Was that, did they have banter? No, no, they just were staring straight. Like it was laser focused eyes. I mean, at that part of the night, I think it was like those are one of the last presenting pairs, but it was very intense. I love it. But then there's Um, someone captured on Twitter when Frances McDormand turned away because they presented Frances with the award. She gave Angie the most aggressive high five I've ever seen. And then Angie leaned in for a full hug. And I love that Frances McDormand would only commit like halfway. I feel like I got as much of a hug from Frances as Angelina <laughs> Jolie. What? So what was Frances McDormand like when she came backstage? You, you had some amazing quotes from that uh, when she talked to the press. She is just amazing. Everything you would expect. She came back and just announced like, what do you want to know? We have some partying to do. Which is sort of how she started her speech, too, when she said she was going to get, like, all the other acting nominees tequila at the bar after. Right, which I love. I want to fantasy fiction yeah, out that scenario where scenario where she and Meryl meet. But she, she also volunteered. She didn't even wait for a question. She said that only halfway through the Golden Globes, she realized that she didn't know if her husband, Joel Cohen, had a Golden Globe. So she turned to him and asked whether he, he, he had said. one. He said that he did. But he said it, he wanted the best possible way the year the ceremony was cut, so they just mailed it to him. He didn't even have to dress up in a tux. Mindy Kaling had a good tweet, I thought. She said, it's so clear to me that Frances McDormand has exactly the right priorities, and I want to have the same ones. Right? Like, she didn't waste much time in hair or makeup. Like, just was nope. there doing her. Someone asked her what women need to do to keep up this momentum after the Time's Up movement, and... 
without missing a beat, all Frances said was, keep moving forward. She's so quick, you know? I feel like she always has a really good little morsel to share. Right. And then when she got off stage, I didn't notice before, but Joel Cohn had been leaning up against a wall with the press, like, on his phone. <laughs> and they were about to march out to get their tequila, and then she noticed that Greta Gerwig and Sir Ronan were across the room, and she told him to wait, which I love that she's the boss in the relationship. You totally get that yeah. sense. And she ran across to give Sersha and Greta hugs. Oh. So that was a very sweet moment. They got full hug treatment as opposed to Angelina and you. They got full hug treatment and like a little bit of conversation. Right. Also, another great run in to discuss is Mariah Carey, Meryl Streep, two of our favorites. Which I know nothing about this. So, well, I don't really know much either. I guess and neither of them came back because I guess neither won their categories last night. Right. So, but. I, just the idea of them kind of encountering each other. I cannot think of two more different types of celebrities than them. Except <laughs> and... Mariah and Francis. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's the run-in we need at the Oscars. Mariah and Meryl, though, you're right, is a level below Mariah and Francis. But first, Mariah tweeted about tea, which I just needed to shout out because of our podcast last week. She tweeted, are they serving tea here? Hashtag Golden Globes, which like, it's a little much, honestly. Right. But then she did a two-part Twitter thread, got caught mingling on the way to the loo during a commercial break, took the first seat available, happens to be right next to Steven Spielberg, cut to next commercial break, guess who comes back to her seat, and then dot, 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 leaving us all on the edge of our seats. Then she continues, me, dear Meryl, please forgive me. Meryl Streep, you can take my seat anytime. Okay, well, I have to say, this is a little, what do the kids call it? Thirsty of Mariah, or yes, of Mariah, to like point out this. Right, don't you think? Also, like, it's kind of surprising to me if Meryl Streep vacates her seat that isn't guarded like, uh, you know, the Mona Lisa. (laughs) It's like they just let anyone come in, sit down there. I guess Mariah Carey ain't just anyone, but like, it's just funny to me that it's so easy for Mariah to accidentally sit there. Right. And what was the small talk like between Spielberg and Mariah Carey? Yeah. And also, right. There's a lot of logistical questions here, actually. Like, wasn't Spielberg like, hey, actually, Meryl Streep's sitting there. He should have had his fedora on that seat. (laughs) But I guess maybe you just, it's Mariah Carey. It's hard to know what to say. And then it's also hard to imagine Mariah just immediately taking out her phone and tweeting this dialogue up. It's written in like a play transcript. Like, do you think, like, did she hand the phone off to like, I don't even know, Steven probably to ask him to like put it in her phone? Because <laughs> I'm just not seeing this. There's something that's not tracking. She has Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, could you take a few notes for me? <laughs> And, and like then she went back to her table. And how did she not realize she wasn't at the table she was at? Oh, I guess she's saying she took the first seat available. But there's a lot of questions. But I wish that had been captured by some sort of intrepid audience member. Jeez. What other, were there any other good backstage? Was, was there anyone else people were very excited to see when they came back? Did Oprah come back? Oprah did come back. And it's amazing how she's such a godlike presence that even the journalists like dropped any semblance of professionalism the woman beside me just videotaped the entire 15 minute q a <laughs> um i think i feel like oprah maybe is that is like that's the 
trans the part where it shifts from like you can't even just keep a professional anymore right just you have to kind of it's like beyonce and oprah maybe and journalists raised their hand to ask questions and they were just like asking her for advice this one reporter asked (laughs) i love that asked what what advice she would give him to succeed in his dream career which is as a journalist or something which is which is being a, a director a film director who are the people that get into the Golden Globes press room? You would think this would be like the the high a high echelon of journalists, but you know it was very bizarre. And she just gave like a masterclass to the press and was just so amazing and Oprah like and fluent. And this was after she had already given her speech, right? And she did say, I thought this was kind of a winning moment that when they first called her to tell her they were wanted to give her this honor, she said that she didn't think she deserved it. Because she felt like it was for acting in film or being like some sort of director. She had only been in five films and she had spoken to her co-star Reese Witherspoon over the summer. They're in A Wrinkle in Time together. And Reese couldn't even count how many movies she had been in. So she thought like Reese was more deserving. But after they explained (laughs) that she was qualified, she was all for it. I mean, her speech... Just anecdotally today, too. I feel like that's the the kind of speech people are going to be recalling and reciting for years. Right. I know. Oh, good. Gary Oldman came back. Gary Oldman came back. And (laughs) I'm so (laughs) eager to hear where this is going. He doesn't strike me as a super talkative actor. He seems very serious. He takes his role seriously. But he was like a chatty Kathy back there. Just what was he talking about? Just all sorts of things. All sorts of things. Just like throwing out Churchill trivia. Like, did you know that Churchill actually wrote more words than Shakespeare? Was doing more answering than asking. <laughs> did did he and didn't he have like a good luck speech or charm? Or he something? he had some speech that someone had given him. So I don't know if. It, it couldn't have been the original copy, but it was a speech Churchill had written in his pocket, which he took out and he was talking about his 98 year old mother. And that was very sweet and how she would tell him stories about growing up while Churchill was prime minister. And he was just talking and talking. That sounds kind of it's, I mean, it seems to me like he is ready and going for that Oscar because afterwards I saw him trying to snake his way to the after parties and he was just taking every single photo requested of him. Oh, with like any well-wisher, not even just slow. Yeah, and I saw him about three times throughout the night at different parties or posts in the Beverly Hilton and mm-hmm. he was just happily like I would not happily take that many photos. <laughs> So let's shift to the after parties. I want to hear. We talked about HBO already, but talked about HBO. I did see a few Game of Thrones people. Um, Nicola, do you know who I'm talking about? The oh, um, uh, Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. Thank you, yeah. Amelia Clark. I desperately wanted to ask her what she thought of Brad Pitt offering to pay a hundred thousand dollars to watch game of thrones with her but i couldn't get close to her was was that by the way like side note was that like a romantically tinged gesture that he was like bidding on that i don't know don't or know. was he doing it as like oh this will be a fun surprise for the kids i wouldn't even think of that angle of like, i was always going for the salacious right <laughs> <laughs> this will one up angie when i have them over the weekend <laughs> if i show up with mother of dragons 
But then what? But then he didn't win it. Who won it? I don't know. It must have been. And the proceeds obviously went to charity. But if I'm Amelia Clark, I am getting Brad's digits and offering to do it for like a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Um, what? So she was just sitting down. She was just hanging. Yeah, I was gonna say, was she talking to Jon Snow? I feel like I saw pictures of that. She was. Jon Snow had left when I got in there. She oh, was right. talking to um Gwendolyn Christie and Jamie Lannister. Um Cute. Andy Samberg was speaking to David Benioff, the co-creator. Apparently he's a huge Game of Thrones fan. Interesting. I could see that. Right. Helen Mirren. Kind of seemed over it. Ooh, that's a good sighting, though. <laughs> yeah, she was drinking champagne. But honestly, I think the party or the celebs just immediately fled to. Well, they went to, and we have to. Were you were you at this Netflix party? No, because we have a fun. We we don't know if this actually happened, but Julie and I did some, or Julie did some detective sleuthing, and we know Drake was at the party at one point because he was DJing. There's lots of photos of it. He has a big deal with Netflix coming up. And then we also know someone else was at the party. Angelina Jolie, his his interest, his love interest, as we talked about a few episodes back, he's kind of professed his love for the actress on Instagram. I searched Twitter. I couldn't see any photos or write-ups of them having met. So I don't know if their time at the party actually intersected. How big is the venue? Do we know? Like, would they have been able to have not have seen each? Like, is it big enough that it was a big? They venue. could have not seen each other. Oh, okay. they could have not seen each other. God, the fact that no one involved in that party though managed to make sure. I know you would. You would have thought that Pax would have facilitated that meet and greet. <laughs> right. Exactly. And Jennifer Aniston was at that same party too. Right. That sounds like it was the spot. At least if they were all there at the same time. I want to be the Netflix staffer responsible for keeping Angelina away from Jennifer Aniston. Like, you know that was someone's responsibility, right? Yes. Also, we need to read. This was at the, I guess, Seth Meyers had a Golden Globe after party. Which this Uber driver, when the Uber driver took me home, he was talking to me. And I, I'm sorry, sometimes I'm just not in the mood to feel conversation. He was talking about this party at Poppy and Seth Meyers. I thought he didn't know what he was talking about. I was just like, yeah, sure, sure. You know. I know. Little did I know. Well, so we got our dear friend Diane, incredible events publicist in LA, sent us some great details from the Seth Meyers Golden Globes after party. They're phenomenally in depth. They're great. The party was at Poppy Nightclub in West Hollywood. We'll share a few of them because they're great notes. This is catnip for Julie and me. Mariah Carey and Brian Tanaka, her boyfriend, were inseparable. He followed her around and waited on her hand and foot, as he should. She was loving all the attention that she got. So many celebs were coming up to her asking for photos, including Matt Smith from The Crown and Justin Hartley from This Is Us. She was eating it all up and loving it. She even got up at one point to go to the DJ booth to say hi to the DJ because he was playing a handful of Mariah's songs and the crowd was going nuts. Some of the songs that the DJ played were Touch My Body, Shake It Off, and Fantasy. Diane, you're so good with these details. Diane, you are honest. During, during the pre-show... Ryan asked Mariah, or maybe this was on the NBC one, sort of out of nowhere. So maybe, Julie, you would know better than me. I guess it's out there that she's a big Crown fan. I had no um, idea. I've but, never heard that. <laughs> so, and then she goes, yes, honey, you know. And she's like, I've watched. And he's like, they're like, have you seen every episode of season one and two? She's like, I've seen every, se I've seen season one, season two, back and forth. 
Like she's seen every episode of the crowd multiple times, apparently. But can you really see her watching that slow moving episode of like the fog in London? Can you really <laughs> see that? I mean, that I had the exact same thought. Like she's just it's like I don't know why I have this sense, but it just seems like I cannot imagine her watching more than like a two minute clip of something without getting distracted by something else that's more exciting. I mean, The Crown's like, obviously, we're both obsessed, but it's not exactly the most um, action packed of TV dramas. But like, there's more, there's so many good things in here. I don't even know how many of them to read. Justin Timberlake and Jessica Beale were all over each other all night. If I emphasize like that, it's because the description's in caps. They seemed so happy and so in love. They couldn't take their eyes off one another. The DJ played Can't Stop the Feeling, and he immediately ran over to Jessica and started whispering in her ear and dancing with her from behind, saying, I love you, baby. Oh, my gosh. They danced. Diane, did you have these celebrities <laughs> mic'd? <laughs> they got like a lip-reading expert from, you know, Keeping Up with the Kardashians or something. They danced with cocktails for a solid few hours. They never left the dance floor nor each other's sides all night long. Julie, we know from these shows, that's like, it's not hard to have that much stamina when they're over. And the fact that they stayed on the dance floor all night. I know. Gosh. Um, oh, this is kind of a good newsy bit. Gail King was overheard talking about the potential of Oprah becoming president. She said she wouldn't be surprised to see her on an election ballot in the near future. You heard it here. Wow. Is there anything else here jumping out at you, Julie? Well, just that Aziz Ansari carried around a big bag of in and out around the party, along with his Golden Globe, showing it off, off left and right. I'm like, I'm skimming the rest of these. The, 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 there's so many good ones. The last one that is on this list is Chris Kattan. Most celebs found him to be super irritating and generally kept their distance from him. That is really, that's phenomenal. Also, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen were there, Julie. Please Did read we know this, this one. No. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen danced all night with each other and Mary Kate's husband, Olivier. He was seen taking Mary Kate to the bathroom like a proper gentleman and was also seen getting Mary Kate and her sister champagne. What a winner. Diane, I would read your blog. There's like weird subtext to that one, but I don't really know what the subtext is. Um, John Hamm was dancing all over the venue, literally throughout the entire space, the entire night. He was like an energizer bunny that didn't stop. He was having such a blast. It was cute to watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, Julia, it sounds like Laura Dern hopped over to this party after HBO. She was elated and in the best spirits having champagne. That's nice. This list is phenomenal. Claire Foy was there. Emma, Emma Watson was there. Penelope Cruz. Sasha Baron Cohen was seen talking to the Game of Thrones cast about the show. He was so excited and went on and on and on about how much he found the show fascinating and how much he loved it. Wow. How are they, you know, like the level of detail and the kind of observational, I don't even know, eavesdropping was is kind of, this is all time high work. Um, all right. Were there any other, what, what other, so like now that we've had a little bit of distance from it, though, I think we're all still in the hangover space. What um, were your biggest, what was like your most memorable, I feel like I know what you're going to say, but your most memorable encounter or moment or thing you saw? I think Francis McDormand. McDormand, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, but I really missed you, and I hope that the next award show I go to is with you by my side. And hopefully when we see Francis, we'll have prepared well in advance. We'll have our flasks of tequila. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We will not be at a party that Angelina Jolie and Drake are both at and leave without them having met. I can promise you that. Oh, right. That does it for our Golden Globes 
spectacular episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us, as always. And yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts. It helps us find new listeners, find out what you guys think. Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to discuss any of these subjects, any other amazing sightings you saw. I think I saw Daniel Day Lewis was sitting next to like Steve Carell. So please give us any kind of feedback. Uh, you can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. Uh, we are also at In the Limelight Pod on Instagram. Julie, I guess at this point they've disappeared, but she did some phenomenal Instagram storying last night. So you don't want to be missing out on that. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, this episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. Thanks to Andy Bowers at Panoply. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no, no bad, bad energy. Energy. Someone, my dear friend Andrew, told me uh, over the weekend that we really need to commit to sticking that landing. Oh, and I feel like well, I love that anyone's listening to this all the way through. But I feel like it's true. We never quite are synced up with that final three words. All right. Until next week. Until next week.